Unexplained Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Melvin the Crimson Taurus, and with me today is my co-host, the third-eyed mystic herself, the ever-so-lovely Niema. Hello, everyone. Now, as you guys can see from the title of the stream, you'll know we're not alone today. Joining us is a paranormal investigator who is a part of the Dark Alley Paranormal Research Team, the Northeast Ohio chapter, and he's also host of Into the Abyss, and most likely someone who was an Eagle Scout at one point, the man himself, Sean Gilmore. Sean, welcome back and welcome aboard. Well, thank you. I don't know about the Eagle Scout part, but I appreciate it. Really? You weren't an Eagle Scout. I, I'm surprised. I didn't make a pass. Cub Scouts, actually. Oh, Cub yeah, Scouts. I cracked my voice, though. I might be <laughs> Cub Scouts again. <laughs> okay, well, now we know. So, I, I knew it was one of those things. And, uh... Before we started, Sean was making fun of me because I'm freezing in my 60-degree weather out here in California. You know, so, thanks, Sean. No problem. <laughs> he says, no problem. Um, okay, so, Sean, last time you were here, oh, it was a while ago now, too. Last time you were here, you were with Ectovision, I think, and um, we were going over your little scare with the bat <laughs> and now though you have a new team and you're doing podcasting what the heck happened oh man a lot has happened um uh, well ectovision kind of split ways so we aren't really together anymore we're really good friends, and we're keeping in touch, but we kind of went separate ways. So I went on, and after Ectovision, after we kind of all went our own ways, I actually tried to start my own team. And, uh, you know, I have a family, and I, I work a full-time job and everything. It just got to be too much. And uh, so my, my good friend, uh, Ray Gooseby, um, and I talked, and, and we decided that it would be a great fit for me to join them. And so now I'm a full-time member of Dark Alley Paranormal. And um, I have my podcast, which I started about a year ago, which was kind of a, a fun little um, side project that I started. It actually started out being just like every other week. And now it's just grown so much. Now I'm on every week and, uh, and just try to have as much fun with it as possible. Yeah. How do you do that? Though? I couldn't imagine doing something every week. I mean, but I'm also a lazy bum. But aside from that, how do you have the energy to do it every week with usually a, a different guest too? Every week. How do you do that? Um, I, You know what? It just kind of like breaks up the the week, right? So like my my day job, it's not a very exciting job. So it's it's kind of nice to have that Wednesday night where I get to, you know, hang out and talk about the paranormal for an hour or two or three. 
with that's what's kind of cool about my show i don't have like a set amount of time so like it's scheduled always for an hour but i don't think i've actually stuck to an hour i think the closest i've been was probably like an hour and 10 minutes yeah that sounds caught up (laughs) yeah yeah we just get caught up in in our conversations and and, uh i just try to have as much fun as possible that's that's what this is about and uh so that's so yeah i don't know it's just something that i find it fun so it's not work to me and unless i my computer decides to hate me that day and (laughs) then it becomes work (laughs) yeah because and niam and i we can attest to this we have tech issues every now and then (laughs) And uh, for the longest time, I was just counting days until I could finally get a perfect show where nothing went wrong. It happened two times, though, the perfect show. And when something goes wrong, like the audio issues, because unfortunately last week, you know, you had some issues pop up and you were with the guests and everything. How do you keep your cool and just keep going? How do you do it? You know, I just kind of try to make a, a dumb joke about it and just keep on rolling with it. It's it you're on on a show, right? You you can't be on there. I guess you could be on there, like <laughs> dropping f bombs and 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 you know you can't you don't want people hearing or seeing you you know throwing your equipment everywhere. So huh? you just. You just try to try to have fun with it, right? And and just try to make a joke and and roll with it and just roll with the punches. And and uh, I might have gotten pretty good at that because I have to do a lot of that with my day job, just a lot of rolling with the punches and going with the flow. So okay, but secretly you you have like a little doll you're choking out or something, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dolls, I just got a voodoo doll from New Orleans. It's really cool. Ooh, for real. Yeah, my friend got me one. I'm so excited. I don't, I'm kind of intimidated to so it's just sitting on my counter. Well, you're intimidated. I don't think you have anything to worry about considering voodoo dolls are not how... They're not exactly what Hollywood has made them to be, you know. Okay. So you're good. It's Consider it a good luck charm. Well, I had, I had a case once involving a voodoo doll. Oh, really? Let's hear this. Well, so it was actually so it, someone contacted me. There was they were um, cleaning their their daughter's room, and they got really lightheaded and dizzy for no reason as they were cleaning their room. And keep in mind, you know, she's she was younger. Like I think she was like nine or ten at the time. She was in school. And, so she got to this old chair that she got at a fair. And she thought that the problem was this chair. And she, so she called me about this chair and I went over there and we we're talking. And, and then I noticed this little doll, this little handmade doll with a heart thing on it and stuff. And, um, I was like, uh, why does your daughter have a voodoo doll? She's like, a what? I was like, that doll that's on that chair is a voodoo doll. Why does your daughter have one? And she told me 
that uh, an old friend of hers had a craft night with her daughter once, and that's what she came home with, right? So, um, so then after kind of you know having conversations and and everything, it it did have the daughter's hair inside of the doll and, and everything, and it it was uh, it was a very um, yeah, it was a difficult case. And so we uh, actually, I still have the doll secured safely. Um, we had um, kind of unbound it. I, I have friends that, that help me with these processes. I'm not a pro when it comes to, I can help you find the answers, but when it comes to solving them, a lot of times I reach out to other sources. So, um, but they, they have kind of unbound the uh, attachment. And so now it's at this point just uh, sitting locked up, waiting to be pretty much destroyed. So that's, but yeah, that was, that was really intense. And the, the pretty much the daughter made a wish on this doll and it had intention. And the daughter was definitely attached to the doll. It took a little bit of time for us to be able to actually, for me to get the doll because she was so attached to it they had to we had to actually have them take the doll and they hit it in their house it's a, it was weird she knew when the doll was gone and not of course by visual right she didn't see her, her doll there but she knew we didn't keep anything from her but she could tell when the doll was taken further away and we would just slowly take it further away closer to the exit of the house until one day um, they brought it to me. So um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. But the main part was just that, that attachment that she had, that spiritual attachment. And that's why we felt like that was so dangerous. But when you, it's, it's, a, it's intention. I'm a big believer in intention. I'm not um, too much into, you know, personally, like, like Wicca or anything like that. Um, I'm spiritual, just um, bond Catholic. I'm a spiritual Catholic. I'm I'm a rare breed, but I um. So I I don't know. I, I guess I see things a little bit differently, and I just kind of lost track of what I was saying. Now, well, that's okay because you just scared Miyama to death, and she's eyeballing that doll right now. So. <laughs> So. Well, that, that, here's the thing. It's intention, right? We all, as investigators, we go and we try to talk to spirit all the time. That's, that's what we do. We want to gain communication. We want, we want to somehow prove or help tell their story. Or we're going into a client's home and we're trying to understand why you know things are the way that they are. Why they're having these unexplainable um, phenomena that's going on in their home. So you're intention no matter how you're contacting spirit your intention is so important it doesn't matter if you're doing evp session or if you're using a pendulum dousing rods or a ouija board your intention is what's important and so you can you can use a ouija board or sorry ouija board you can use a a doll and have good intention it could be a good luck doll or someone can use it for bad intentions it can go both ways they have uh, an instruction and a manual on the coffin that it comes in, and it, it lists the different pins, and it says, you know, yellow's for friendship, like, 
the red ones for love. So there's definitely some good ones, but there's also negative connotations. And I, I like love. That it comes in a coffin. Yeah, exactly. I like that it has its own coffin. <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. So yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about with that. But that is pretty cool. Unless I put someone's hair in it. Then... Well, you know, watch out. <laughs> so, Sean, since you are a paranormal investigator, I I want to ask. What what exactly does an investigation um oh what's the correct terminology Melvin come on you're better than this basically what do you do on an investigation well there's several different ways to conduct an investigation uh it depends on what your intentions are for that evening um but so are, are you just kind of like asking like how do you do an investigation or yeah like we'll start with how does one actually you know what let's take it to a different place how do you yourself conduct an investigation wow um so <laughs> you asked some good questions <laughs> um, i'm just glad it's not like monday night and you're making me think this hard <laughs> um so to do an investigation, it really depends on on what the intentions are for that investigation. If I'm at a location, you know, at a historical location, and I'm looking to just learn for myself and experience for myself and take those experiences on to other clients or other investigations then I'll take a different approach than if it's an investigation where I want to share the evidence. So if I'm going to make like a YouTube video or be a part of some other type of production. So if I'm just by myself, or well, I shouldn't say just by myself, if I'm not planning on sharing a whole lot of evidence, unless I get something like totally something wild and uh, completely amazing, then I would just go with like, uh, I have a GoPro that um i have that's been altered and um i have uh, illuminators so they can um capture what i'm seeing in the in the light i just have a chest mount i'll wear that around so um what i'm kind of seeing in front of me is is there on the camera and then i'll usually have a digital recorder and um whatever other tools i'm trying to use and gain communication there's so many different ways that i'll try i love using trigger objects a trigger object is it could be any object to try and gain the interest of spirit. Um, so it could be like a stuffed animal. Uh, my favorite item that I own is actually a stuffed dog that's been um, altered to have like a REM pod. Um, it's got the lights lights up and it plays music and stuff. Um, oh, to try to and gain real, the interest of, real gain quick, the Sean. Um, somebody out there they might not know, but what's mm -hmm. a REM pod? So a REM pod is a device that is used to detect electromagnetic frequencies, um, so uh, other energies that are around that are unseen. Okay, thank you. No problem. Now, the trick is with those is you don't want to have any walkie-talkies on or any cell phones on, um, at least have your cell phones on airplane mode. 
because you can get it can set off a lot of the equipment that we use. Uh, the thing is, is we don't really know what type of energy spirits let off. So, or what types of energy spirits are, I should say. So I have pieces of equipment that detect a static electricity. I have um, electromagnetic, um, devices. And, um, so it, it's just all, but you have to keep in mind that there are certain things that can set off your equipment in the real world. So um, even just uh, stray radio waves can, can affect things. So um, if there's a debunking and going through your evidence is extremely important. Well, and that's also why it's so important when you ask questions and if you get a response to them, a direct response. I remember when you were using the paranormal pooch, um, gosh, I can't remember the house, but, um, y- you know, it was with the bad incident and everything. I joke about it, of course, but, uh, <laughs> the bad incident. <laughs> yeah. well, that was in the Monroe house. The Monroe house. Thank you. Oh, that house. And, uh, yeah. I, I remember you guys were using it and you were getting response responses to your questions and, the other thing, it was really cool, and it wasn't just random. That thing wasn't going off just to go off. Yeah, no, there um, at the Monroe House, there is an extremely intelligent uh, activity there, and we were definitely connecting with it. And, I mean, that has to get you super excited, too. 100% it does. That place... Um, you know, that was the first time I investigated there, and um, a quiet night for the Monroe House, which I have learned. Um, there is another um, ent- um, There's another entity, we'll say, that um, did not let himself be known that night that we were there. So, But yeah, we still had contact with uh, very intelligent spirits. Now, I'm actually happy you said that there was another entity there who didn't make his presence known because it leads into this. Um, Right now, there are a butt ton of paranormal shows, like, everywhere. (laughs) You know, it's no denying that it's caught on. That's fine. But one thing majority have in common is the investigators. They tend to just do an investigation for... uh, a night so maybe maybe six to twelve hours depending and is that actually enough time to truly get feel that energy and have whatever's there to come out is that really enough time to truly investigate and prove that something is around or more than something more like some things are around like, is it enough time to connect with the place? It can be. Now, like, we, with that, that first time we were at Monroe House, we only did a one-night investigation uh, where we started at, I, I think we started probably pretty close to, like, 7, 6 or 7 in the evening after setting up all of our equipment. And we went on until probably about 4 in the morning. Um but so when you're when you're at an extremely active place, which is 
rare, a home, I should say. You're at a home that's as active as the Bunroe house is. Um, it, you can, if you're having, if the place is active like that, you can, yes, after that one investigation, I would have felt comfortable telling that homeowner, yes, your home is extremely haunted and uh, we need to do further investigation. But, see, that's why you need to go back because after further, I mean, there was another entity that other people, they'll talk about the house and they'll talk about the demonic energy that's there. Um, personally, I don't like throwing that word demon, demonic out there a whole lot. I feel like um, demonic activity is extremely rare. I think that what's there is not human, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's demonic. I think it's an inter another interdimensional being. Um, but it's just as scary and definitely probably just as strong. That thing that's there is 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 crazy, and it didn't. Maybe we didn't do. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I think maybe the the second time I went there, maybe we upset it. I don't know. Yeah, but I... it, it was it was in it was a very the second time he he actually showed himself to me. Oh, but and not like straight to my face. So. So the Monroe House is a multi-family house in in Indiana, and uh, um, it, it was featured on on some TV shows. And they did find some human remains in a crawl space in the basement. And um, I'm an empath, and I'll tell you what: the first time I went there, the energy I recognized it right away as soon as I stepped foot on that ground it felt just like a cemetery and that's the energy that this house is the property that this house is on it's just like a cemetery and um so the second time i went in there um we were doing an evp session in the basement and we were asking about native americans and if there's any native american spirits or or if you know, if they've been desecrated or anything like that, just trying to get answers. And next we heard the most, uh, the only way I could describe the sound is like the loudest cricket you have ever heard in your life. I I don't know what the sound was, but it was like 2.30 in the morning and it was the loudest cricket, the ear piercingly loud. Um, it, it really scared all of us that was there we went to rush upstairs and we found some like animal bones on the basement ground on the ground of the basement and um but we ended up going back upstairs i i just felt like we weren't wanted down there and um so after this this experience that we had i i was worried that maybe we disrespected the spirits so I took some sage and I took some tobacco and I, all I could find was a plastic cup at the time and I put it in a, a, a plastic cup and I put it on the top of the stairs and I apologized for if I was disrespectful and I left that as an offering. And um, so 
after some time of us calming down after this, uh, we we did go to bed. And I, well, I had my my sleeping bag kind of like sprawled out on this old like sofa. Yes, this is inside the house, by the way. And uh, um, I was just like in that stage, just about to fall asleep. And that's when, if I get some sort of vision, that's always the stage that it happens at. And sure enough, this night, I had this like vision. I got up from the couch. I walked through the kitchen into this living space. And there was a tall man, for lack of better words, with really long legs. You, I could tell that his legs were long because of the way that they slanted up when he was sitting in the chair. You know how you could tell when your thighs slanted up? You see a really tall person sitting on it. Or when even if you sit on like a child's chair, right? Your legs slant up. This is how it was in an adult chair. And he had long arms. His elbows were actually... His hands were... were uh, he was like holding his own hands, like cupped. Um, and his elbows were on the arms of the chair. And um, his elbows were sticking out. So his arms were really long. And um, he had this really big grin. Big, big smile. With crazy sharp teeth. And he had, like, I don't know what the marks were on his face. I don't know if it was lighting or if it was scars or what. But there was, like, this gray, like, marks on the face. And uh, he had these really, really deep eyes. Um, whatever it was. And, and so I saw it. And it was, like, looking at me, like, smiling. And, and I didn't feel threatened but it scared me so much that i did not sleep well for the rest of the night we were in another room with the door closed from that area and uh there are other people in the room my um fellow investigator amber wellman john ward and his wife they were uh we were all kind of like spread out throughout this the, the room and um that that was uh Seeing something like that, it was, it was just too real. It was too real, and and I've had I've had those types of visions I've um, before, and I just knew that that was something showing themselves to me. Um, after thinking about it for a while, um, I don't think it was trying to scare me. I think it was just trying to show itself to me. What? I feel like what's there was brought there and wants to leave, but for some reason it's stuck. Yeah, that's... And people go there, and they talk to it like it's a demon, and they piss it off, and they taunt it. That is... Sorry, um, am I not supposed to say that? No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's, um... That is one way to show yourself, and three things... Actually, it's probably more than three things, but... The first is what you described actually sounds very much like what a friend of mine, his cousin, described. Uh, this was years ago in Mexico, of all places. And she was, she walked downstairs or something like that. And she was on her couch. And 
she wanted to eat something or watch something. I don't know. And it was a being that was sitting next to her and it was tall. It was skinny. And more so than anything, she said that she remembered its smile. It had a weird smile and the teeth and it had a, it, its head was weird shape, but that smile and the teeth and the eyes, it was, it freaked her right out, whatever it was. I, I mean, so when you were describing that, I immediately thought back to that story I heard. Yeah, you know, who who knows? Um, what, did she ever try to find out, like, what she saw was? Or? No, no, this was so long ago now. Um, no, I don't think they investigate. Well, that house, from what I recall, from what Vinny was telling me, that house was super haunted. Um, they brought in a uh, psychic medium, and uh, her name was Miss Letty, very gifted and she straight up told him like huh there's a giant dog running around this property and stuff it's like that's not a good sign and and inside it uh because they wanted her to exercise the house inside uh i was told that things went a bit crazy where um utensils were actually thrown about um miss letty had her hair pulled out to where she actually had a bald spot the energy just went bizarre and it just was not good um but saying that though whatever she saw that might not have been oh yeah and it was eating cheetos by the way um so cheetos. yeah she said it looked like it was eating cheetos but whatever she saw i don't think that was anything harmful i think it was actually there to teach her a lesson because it turns out that she was a snobby little heifer and she didn't want to share her mess she was bratty and i guess you know it could have been a, a guide that just showed up i don't know and just said, all right, we're going to scare you straight. And she was scared straight. After that, no issues. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Lesson learned. Yeah, exactly. But what you described, though, it just sounds so so familiar. And it's just, okay, well, there's something there. And I, I also want to uh, touch on the interdimensional thing. Now, I. You already know I'm a believer in all sorts of dimensions and terrestrials, extra, inner, inter, whatever. And, you know, I I always see, I, I'm now starting to try and separate the different beings by, in a dimensional way. The demons, angels, um, we'll go with fairies and pixies, elves you know, all that stuff. I have a working theory that they are interdimensional, but not necessarily from another universe, so to speak. I think they're from this actual planet, but they're from a different dimensional layer of this planet. So they're earthbound, 
but they're not from this physical body like we are. They're neighboring spirits, so to speak. And then you have, of course, extraterrestrials who aren't from this planet, but they're from this universe or galaxy, whatever. You know, they're from here with us. And then you have extra, I mean, not extra, excuse me, interdimensional beings. And I think they are 100% from an entirely different universe. And somehow they're able to slip in here and visit. And I think sometimes we might, again, this is just the working theory of mine. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but sometimes I wonder if we get nature spirits and everything mixed up with something that literally is from a different universe. Cause I, I can't see how something from a different universe could be trapped. Whereas a nature spirit, I can see that happening. Something that is earthbound and they're just misunderstood and they're not allowed to do whatever their job is and you would get PO'd. I mean, you know, I would get PO'd if I'm some other type of spirit and everyone's calling me demonic. Yeah, I look ugly, but come on, guys. Well, there and they challenge it, too. You have to be respectful. You don't know what you're messing with. And if it's an interdimensional being or what if... I mean, here in America, I mean, no matter what part of our country that you're in, you need to keep in mind there can be Native American spirits. Now, I don't know how much research you have done into you know the spirits that Native Americans have, um, like Wendigos. I wouldn't want to mess with one of those, and I definitely don't want to piss one of those off. Um, yeah, you already ran so, into one, too, uh, I believe, so... <laughs> exactly. I've had people tell me that they think that what I saw was Wendigo. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think... I have my theories on what that land is. I mean, like I said, that the uh, the home, the, the property inside the house, outside the house, you feel like you're in a cemetery. The energy is exactly the same. And when you walk into a cemetery, it's not creepy. It's not scary. A cemetery. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a peacefulness. Yeah, it, no, right? I, I understand. Um, it's, it's, a, a, it's a calm. And right, right. it's, it's weird. yeah, it's, it's almost only... like you're entering in a into a whole little pocket barrier or something. Right, and, and the only place that the energy usually is at is at a cemetery, right? But this home, this property has it, and uh, so this home is now it. Um, the people that run it are fantastic; they're awesome, um, and uh, um, they will give you full full reign of the place and. Uh, I, I believe that if you're a paranormal investigator, you should experience this place. This place was purchased by the owners now. It was meant to be a flip. They aren't paranormal investigators. They aren't anybody who, you know, who's looking for anything like this. They purchased this home. It's a, like I said, it's a three-family home. Uh, I said it's a multi-family home. But, yeah, it was when they purchased it, it was a three-family home. And um, they uh, they wanted to flip it. They never finished. The activity was too much. 
and um, they had decided that it wouldn't be right to sell it to someone to live in, to have people live in this home. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I agree. Um, I've had investigators saying, oh, I would love to live there. And of course, you know what? As an investigator, yes, of course, I'd love to live in a haunted house. That would be so cool, right? But yeah, no. No, you wouldn't. It's cool. It's cool. It sounds cool. It's a good idea. Um, and, and you know what? People live with it all the time. But not a place like that. It's insane. I lived in a place that had that was really active growing up. That's what got me into the paranormal. Um, my home now has a spirit in it. She's not very crazy, though. She, it's, it's, it's livable. It's, you know, we can coexist together. But... Um, every once in a while, you get that extreme case where it's coexisting. Just it wouldn't be healthy for anybody to live with. So, Nima, what do you say? You want to go down there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed that he can uh, sleep in these places. Like, is that a normal thing for you to actually sleep in the residence? Um. Well, when you're going to like a historical or a place, just for um paranormal research a lot of times it has kind of become uh, pretty normal for them to allow the investigators to rest for a couple hours some places don't some places you know they're just not able to but um it, it's not abnormal um and i'll tell you what um sometimes it, it really just beats you know paying for a hotel i don't live in indiana it's a long drive and uh it, it's a free place to crash for a couple hours before driving home you know i mean drive i don't want to drive home for four hours uh, after being awake for um over 24 hours so it, i do appreciate you know being able to get you know a couple hours of sleep so um they they have let us do that there before um and there are other locations that will let you um, now, for a client, no. That would not be the norm. Um, it's just, you know, it's their home. You know, you don't want to... As an investigator, we're, we're not there to invade anyone's space. We're there to help people feel more comfortable in their space. Right. Because I, I heard you say that when you saw this kind of vision, you were in between, in between uh, waking and sleeping. So I, you know... as I was thinking, does that enhance the ex experience? Um, so of all the locations that I have slept in, I think there's only been one that I didn't have more experiences when I was trying to sleep. So I think for personal experience, yes. Um, and, and what those, as an investigator, what those personal experiences do is it, it helps teach me for, um, for clients when I'm going into a private residence investigation. Um, so another thing that happened to me when I was trying to fall asleep, it was at, uh, another place in Indiana. Um, it was a, a building called, what was it? I think RCI. Randolph County Infirmary. I think they changed the name. But that's what I know it is. So I'm going to stick with it. And um, 
So we were, we just did an investigation. We were, I was with Activision at the time and we um, finished filming and we, we were actually so tired that we didn't break down before going to bed. And uh, we just had some air mattresses that we um, set up in these um, front office rooms. They let us crash there before breaking down and leaving. And uh, Eric McGill was in his air mattress on one side of the room. I was in um, on the other side of the room and uh, passed right out. I'm, I am not that kind of a sleeper. I have to lay there for a little bit. Eyes and boom, I'm sleeping. I wish, if only, life would. Oh, anyways, I love sleeping, and if I could just fall asleep like that, that'd be a fantastic <laughs> thing. So, anyways, I was laying there, trying to just, like calm down, get myself go to sleep, and as I was laying there, I saw this apparition form. It was like a swirling mist thing form. And it came as fast as it went. That was really cool. And I didn't feel threatened or anything. It was just like something just like wanted to let me know it was there. It was just like came and then it went. I was like, holy cow. I would I all I my, my first thought was, why don't I have a camera set up right now? I need to have a camera. What if I and amazing? But I didn't. And uh so so yeah, at locations, yes. It can enhance because you, like I said, I get these visions just as I'm falling asleep. And I think that's because that's when you, just a theory of my own, and I know it's other theories that are out there too, though, are at that state. That's when you are the closest to the spirit realm. And so getting to know that and that's so yeah i i think that it does i for me as an empath it helps me kind of understand the energy more um but it's there's some places that i absolutely would not sleep in yeah i completely agree with that kind of state of consciousness that leaves you really open to the spirit realm so that's why for me i could not fall asleep in a place like that <laughs> Um, well, cool. I'm I'm pretty oblivious, so <laughs> I can fall asleep no problem. Yeah, you, you would fall asleep and pass out for hours. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what when when you've been at a location for no who knows how many hours. So so when you do a, like, let's say you're at a location after driving for three hours i'm just going to throw some random numbers out there you just drove three hours to get there and now you're there and you're uh filming some b-roll and you're uh, talking to people you're setting up cameras throughout the the building to uh set up static and hopefully capture more evidence and um just uh and then after all that you're investigating for four to eight hours, depending on how much time you have. Um, there's, there's, I've had investigations that have gone from 6 p.m. until I've had investigations that have gone from 8 p.m. till 2 a.m. So every investigation is a little bit different. Um, 
But when you are investigating for four plus hours after driving for hours and you're just exhausted and just to get a little bit of shut eye is, is a, it's pretty much either for me, either you get a hotel or you're going to park your car for a couple hours at Walmart or you set up an air mattress for a couple hours in a haunted building. <laughs> and honestly, I, I I would really with out of all of those, I don't know. Like I'm I'm kind of like I worry about other things. Okay, I don't really worry too much about spiritual stuff. I mean, I protect myself, so I guess I do kind of worry about that a little bit. But like when I think of like the type of hotels that I would stay at for an after investigation, it's going to be a cheap place. So I'm going to not sleep because I'm going to be scared of like bed bugs or something. Right, or cockroaches following me home. Yeah, that because because um, one thing that I have learned is um, through my line of work is that insurance does not cover bed bugs. So um, I I like have like a serious phobia of that. So <laughs> so I I I'd, I'd rather uh, risk. And then everyone knows what could happen in a Walmart parking lot. I don't know. Maybe I just have a <laughs> I've watched too many movies. I don't know. So I'll take my chances with the ghosts. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned that you protect yourself. And we've spoken about this before. But just in case there are people out there who don't know, what what does that entail? What is this protection that you mentioned? Well... I have learned with being an empath, um, I I have to shield myself, um, which which is it's like weird because I'm I to give a little bit of history on myself. I was brought up Jewish, and um, I am now Catholic, and I am also a paranormal investigator who is an empath and. I also sage and wear uh, Apache tear on my neck every day. Um, so all of that is from what I've learned um, through the paranormal. It's a spiritual path that I've been on. And so with protecting yourself, it's with me, I use the energy from the earth. And um, I also use prayer. So I shield myself with the energy from the earth. I, I kind of build a, a a shield around me, and I'll use different intentions as I build that shield around me to uh, protect myself from anything spiritually that may mean me harm. Um, now, I've also learned that when I go into the office to work, that I have to shield myself but with the intentions of a mirror so that I'm not absorbing everyone's energy around me in the office. Um, I learned that in the uh, my younger years, once I found out I was an empath, that, that really explained a lot of things. Um, otherwise, I can find myself being very upset like a family member passed away, but uh, it's not my energy. And I, I don't want to go through my day feeling that. And it's... Um, I, I don't want to come off as like being like 
like kind of like cold or or like you know not caring about the person that is feeling that um and i might my feel i do feel horrible for the people that go through that and we all go through that in life i just don't want to feel someone else's um negative energy as i'm working i don't want to feel like i lost a family member when i didn't when i'm working if that makes sense no so i shield myself. It, it makes sense i mean it'll mess you up unintentionally but it'll mess right. you up so i right. i get it so, uh, yeah, so shielding is very important and it, i use the energy of the earth to do that and i've had a lot of great guides to teach me how to do it uh nima do you, do you use any protection or anything Oh gosh, that sounds bad when I put it that way. Do you use protection, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I prefer Trojan, no. <laughs> Went there, sir. Wait, make out with the mic, Nima. Oh, okay. I do have this like volcanic type stone necklace that I wear. Uh, that I feel protects me, especially when I'm sleeping or anything like that. But that's as far as I go. I haven't really... I did get a mirror, but I really just don't know how to use it. So I haven't gotten that far. But I probably should, because I am definitely an empath. And I Surprise, motherfucker! And I'm irritated within a few days. And I just got a text message because I forgot to turn off the ringtone. So yeah, someone just cussed <laughs> me out. While I was but like, like Sean said, he uses a mirror to kind of reflect other people's junk off. I'm guessing. Well, I, I, what I do is I, what I was talking about there is, I envision my shield. To be like a mirror so it's like with the intention of being a mirror so what they have reflects i actually wanted to ask you about that i was gonna ask if you were talking about like a scrying mirror i have one of those yeah i heard you mention that in one of your podcasts um that piqued my curiosity because you said you had like a double-sided one yeah yeah yeah, I, what I like about having the double-sided one is when you're using the scrying mirror, you are using it to literally connect with the spiritual realm and see what types of messages that that you have. Um, and so when you have another person doing it just opposite of you, I mean, it's kind of like both of your energy. If it's somebody you, you mend well with, um, you can use both of your energies and really get some really crazy uh, uh, results out of it. All right, right on. I feel so out of the loop because <laughs> I just, I don't have anything. I'm a little, um, I'm a little superstitious with mirrors sometimes. And yeah, I, heard I heard some of them have like, um, like some people say it's bad luck to carry around a mirror well i i don't think it's bad luck but depending i think they can be used for doorways for whatever reason so mm -hmm. i i do think that but i don't think anything about bad luck i think you're okay if you break one i uh, i don't you know don't well, actually break I'll a mirror you. though <laughs> i'll tell you what i uh i had a, a real fear of mirrors for the a long time uh, i still don't like them 
but it's not as bad as it used to be. But I, I, I live in the home I lived in when I was younger. Um, I would feel like there was always somebody watching me from the other side. Now, keep in mind, yes, it could be paranoia, but um, when you have the type of activity going on in your home, and every time you go by a mirror, you feel like somebody's watching the other side. Kind of, I don't know, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So I didn't like mirrors for the longest time. I I still to this day don't have a mirror in my bedroom, which um, my I think my wife works. I don't I don't think I would sleep well with a mirror in my room. But I'm okay with using a scrying mirror. But that's the whole thing of it, right? A mirror. I think mirrors, like you said, can be. Uh, a doorway or used as a doorway um and i don't want that in my room when yeah, i'm sleeping i can understand that actually you reminded me of uh something old friend said and uh this is going to the aliens actually um gray aliens in particular they tend to they're able to somehow manipulate light to create a type of cloaking it's not perfect but 95% of the time it works as intended. And uh, this guy in Florida, he's a construction worker. He was actually on, what's that show called? Fact or Fake? They were very disrespectful to him. But anyway, he figured out how to bypass their cloaking. And it had to do with mirrors and angling them at the right spot. And he did it. And he actually captured footage of a small gray alien of some sort. The problem is the footage was corrupted and he was only able to say, uh, save one steel frame. <laughs> so, unfortunately, it happens. But um, my buddy AP tried this and, yeah, he caught something himself. He didn't catch it on film, but he saw it with his own eye. And it's very interesting. So, mirrors are kind of trippy sometimes. They sure can be. And then the whole pareidolia thing. Ugh. All it takes is a little bit of a light to reflect, and you think you're looking at a face. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, then, then it's just all your, your head messing with yourself. And I'll tell you what, as an investigator, your head can really be one of your worst enemies because you can, you can totally just to totally, you can just, you, your, your mind, it's a powerful thing. And it can totally, um, make something seem like it's something that it's not. Make you think that something's there that's not. And so that there's that whole mental game that comes along with, with the paranormal and supernatural as yeah. well. And then you're working in the dark too and in old places at that. You hear a creepy, uh, creaky floor and, you know, just, like, what was that? You hear that? I knew it. You know, so. Um, right. You know, so... You, when you were with Ecto, you, Eric, Amber, um, um, was it Rob and several others, you guys worked on documentaries of the paranormal. Like, really good stuff, by the way. <laughs> like, I still to this day love it, and the production value is amazing. And now we see, like I said earlier in the show, so many, you know, and I'm not just talking about ghost adventures, ghost hunters. I'm talking about 
independent projects with people who aren't attached to big studios and they're releasing their stuff on Amazon and Netflix, Hulu, wherever. How do you feel about this influx of paranormal investigators and do you have any advice for some of the younger guys doing these docuseries into the paranormal? Oh. Uh, I think that... Oh, are you talking to me? I'm sorry. I yeah, guess. yeah, you, Sean. You. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? I was saying, oh, we were talking about um, all the people that are getting into the paranormal and, and all the new uh, docuseries that are coming out. Yeah. Um, so I think that that it's great. I think that um, people it this that people need this. Humans, human beings, we need this, especially now um, with everything um, that's transpiring to with our planet and around us. Um, however, I feel like people are. Uh, disregarding a lot of things um i don't i don't want to go as far as say that people are being disrespectful but i feel like they're they're not taking it as they're not um taking the the risks as seriously as they probably should be and i worry that some people may end up uh with uh problems bigger problems than what they um had anticipated um i just hope that um everyone that goes out there is also finding their way to protect themselves, whether if it's through prayer or shielding or um, whatever their higher power is, I hope that they're bringing them with them. Um, me personally, I always bring, uh, I ask, uh, Archangel Michael to come with me and my spirit guides to be with me. And I ask for a lot of protection um, because of all the risks that can come with the investigating. And I just hope that, and that would be my biggest, uh, uh, thing to advise anybody um, that protecting yourself is extremely important. Whether if you are a um, a skeptic or not, I if, if you're a skeptic, that's fine. It's say say quick, our Father, ask for protection, be done, whatever, whatever your thing is, ask for some sort of protection. That's the only thing um, because it's the risks out there are real, and you don't always realize that the when the paranormal is messing with you so it, it it's it's a it's a slippery slippery slope but yep that's that's my biggest concern is just people not not taking the risks uh as seriously as as they should because it's not like it's not like we're out parasailing we're not climbing a mountain we don't have repelling equipment we don't have helmets that are going to protect us and you can't see what uh, what can harm us and we can't always directly see the harm that it's doing. Okay, that makes sense. And it sense. doesn't only put us at risk. It doesn't only put us at risk. It also puts other people at risk, people around us, and the next people that might go into the building, things like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's actually why I worry about uh, going out on an investigation because I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't know the do's and the don'ts. And I, while I might think I'm being respectful, I might not be. And it really could put other people at risk. And then how do you how do you even know they're at risk? Uh, what the heck? 
Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize this was open. Okay, so, well, people on chat heard it. You guys didn't, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> the ticking stopped now. Well, yeah. I don't know why. The noise is gone. What'd you do? I didn't do anything. It fixed itself. <laughs> it wasn't me. Nice. Gotta love it when that happens. But, um, but yeah, that's one of my biggest concerns. If I were to go out and being inexperienced and and uh, at times just an oblivious moron, you know, and then somehow getting an attachment or something like that, you know, that I would feel terrible. And you won't know it happens until something actually happens and i think that's one of the worst things because we truly don't understand the other side we don't really know what we're interacting with we can make assumptions of course and deductions but unless we're there ourselves we we truly don't know and who knows how patient something is uh from what i understand if if it's a spirit and they don't like you and they're very upset at you, they have all the time in the world to wait to get back at you. You know, it's like, what? I'm going to miss a business date or something? I mean, and that's one of the things that really concerns me and actually stops me from wanting to investigate, believe it or not. Well, yeah, and that's that the risk is real. Yeah. It it happens. I've had things uh, come home with me, and uh, I've I've got a family that I need to protect. It's the risk is real. I this the reason why I do this is because I feel like this is a path I was led on. Um, I could I, I don't feel like we have enough time left of your show for me to explain that my path, but my path led me here, yeah. um, and that's why I do this. Um, and my wife is awesome and very supportive. But the risk is real, and I do my very best to protect my family. I have brought things home with me, um, and it's. Uh, but I I do what I need to, to get rid of it, um, and if I need help, I know the people to. To call upon, um, one time, just to tell a quick story. I was at the Madison Seminary in Madison, Ohio. Actually, this is the first time I was there. This was years ago before the owner who owns it now owned it. Um, it was a it was a very intense investigation. Um, I when I left there, I I was uh, very uh, angry. I don't know why, but I was angry, and uh, so this negative energy that was there deeply affected me. And um, so. That was on a Saturday night, and so Saturday, Sunday, you know, there's the paranormal hangover, which was uh, it was completely normal paranormal hangover. You just like feel completely drained. You're like spiritually drained, and it's like it's like a hangover, but only it's more it feels more inside. Is that a good way to explain it? I don't know, but <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> it's more inside than like a physical pain. It's like a an inside. It's like a spiritual drainage anyways so um then uh that monday at work um i was i was eating a combo and uh, um i chipped a tooth oh i was like 
I was eating a combo, right? I'm like, what the heck is this, right? So, so the next day, you know, I finished my day at work because I couldn't just up and leave work. And uh, thank God I don't work with the public face to face, so it's okay. And um, the next day, I go to the dentist. And after the dentist, I actually was really weird about this dentist visit. It, it was a, a I had just moved to the area that I live in now. And so it was a new dentist office. There's a Bible sitting on the side table. I was like, I don't know. And that for some reason made me feel very uneasy. <laughs> I don't feel like, like what types of things are they doing in this dentist office that people are feeling <laughs> like they need the Bible as they're sitting in the waiting room? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I know there are people out there that are definitely afraid of this dentist, of not this dentist, of any dentist. So maybe that's why they have it out there to help calm people. I don't know, but it messed with me. I was like, what is a Bible? Wow. So anyways, after this dentist visit, um, I am driving to work and my car died. Um, now my car, it was an older car, but I had a brand new alternator on it. I, I took very good care of this car. I loved this car. Um, like I said, the alternator was brand new and that's what went out. The alternator was literally a week old and it went out. It wasn't a rebuilt alternator. It was a brand new alternator and, um, it went out and, um, it, I'm not, I'm, I don't know, um, amongst that and other bad luck that had happened. Um, to me throughout that week. Um, so there's lots of uh, praying, lots of saging, and everything that before things got back to normal. But um, that is the craziest thing. That that and my there's another time after the Monroe House investigation. There's a time that my front door flew open. But uh, oh, but other than but <laughs> jeez, man. <laughs> Oh, and, and so I was sitting there watching TV, minding my business, and um, my door flew open. It just it swung open. It wasn't just like like a creak, you know, like in, in scary movies they'll show like a a creak. No, this was a whoosh. The door flung open. It hit. I have an old heater. My house is a hundred years old. I have a, one of those old boiler heaters. It hit my uh, hit my my heater stack, and it. And it, so it opened very violently. And so my reaction was literally, I stood up and I was like, get the F out of my house right now. And I slammed the door and I saved my house. All right. That's totally like a paranormal investigator thing to do. You know what a sane person would have done? They would have said, nope, and ran the heck out of there. Like, nope. But I, I literally said, you, I was like, I said, I said oh, uh, I said, oh, heck effing no, get the F out of my house. You can curse, it's fine. Doors. Oh, I can? Yes. Okay, fine. I said, oh, hell motherfucking no, get the <laughs> fuck out of my house. And I slammed my door shut, <laughs> and I saged my house. And I haven't had that problem since. So, I think I'm going to have to clip is, that one. The, 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, no, no, no. What I mean, clip by when I do the editing and stuff, I'm gonna have that as the feature to draw people in. So don't worry. Oh, nice. Okay, (laughs) cool. So, um, but like, but the thing is, is that my car alternator, my brand new alternator, really that whole thing with Madison Seminary affected me more because the Madison Seminary, um, whatever uh, followed me from there, whatever affected me from there was a longer period it, it was uh literally it was it took it took a week for things to get back to normal with that that door swinging open that was literally i said get the fuck out i saved my house and it was done so but these are the things that can happen right my when that happened my my kids were sleeping upstairs um so i i don't know it, it's so yeah yeah, it's it's a risk, but I I do it because I want to help people in their homes. I do these big investigations. I worked with Ectovision. I did all of this so that I can help people in their homes. I want to be the best person. I want to be the, the go-to investigator to do private home investigations because I know the feeling of living with it. And not knowing what to do, and now nowadays, it, it, you think with all these TV shows, it might make it easier, so you don't feel so much alone. But the thing is, these TV shows are all demon, demon, demon. Everything's a demon, and that that worries me even more. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's why I do this, and uh, that's why my wife supports me because she knows that that's this is my way of of helping people. This is the way I know I can help people. Um, so, so it's, yeah, that makes sense. So it's all worth it to me. That's awesome. Um, so we are close to finishing, but before we do, I want to bring up para unity. And this is something that as far as I'm concerned, you get credit for starting. And what is para unity? Um, well, I don't know if I started it. Um, I'm definitely a big advocate of it. Um, para-unity is uh, basically just supporting each other throughout the paranormal community. Um, I believe that if we work together as investigators, we can all learn from each other. We can get more answers from each other. We can understand a lot more from each other. This isn't a competition. We're not trying to um, find you know, be the first person to uh, to find the cure for cancer here. We're, we're trying to find a way to help people with spiritual problems. And so um, I'm a huge advocate in supporting my fellow investigators. And there's so many different ways that investigators help our communities um, and help our people. And that's through historical locations. Um, we locations a lot of them are museums a lot of them are um old historical buildings that are um just kept up in in different ways but the thing is is that it's all very expensive to keep up and they all need our help whether if it's a a home that's being preserved now as a um research facility or if it's an old prison or an old seminary um they all need our help and um, 
and we we can help bring the um you know we we help bring the attention to these places so they can get the support that they need um and so that's that's my goal on my show i like to bring on different investigators and i know that when you make a video or when you write a book or when you have a big paracon or and any any kind of con right any kind of event it's a lot of work um and it's a lot of promoting and all of that is also a lot of money so um it well, anything we can do to help support whether if it's just a simple share on facebook or um you know helping out by doing shows like this um i think that what you do is huge um uh, for pair unity you bring on other people and and discuss different theories i mean that right there is is it and uh, as long as people have an open mind and they're willing to learn uh, what you do is is huge um and the reason why i say it like that is because um those i my saying on facebook actually is once you stop learning is when you start to lose that's my theory for life in general because then now when you go into spiritual things i mean no one knows the direct answer Someone can feel like they believe what their belief is right. But, I mean, I can't say that I 100% believe in it with a Jehovah's Witness. I can't say I 100% agree with what my Jewish family says either. So we need to keep an open mind, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense to answer that well? Yeah, that was actually Very a really good. good answer. Very heartfelt, too. So, Thank you. Yeah, I... I will openly admit, though, I have not always followed the example of para-unity, particularly with a certain psychic medium. <laughs> if Bonnie were listening, she'd get that right away. But I do agree with you 100%. It's not a competition, and we're all better off working together than against each other. And it makes no sense at all trying to find your claim to fame and just ostracize everyone else because who's going to celebrate it with you and they're just going to call you a prick and move on right that's the truth <laughs> so and uh yeah i think this is also a good place to end it um sean what do you have anything in closing that you want to promote or anything like that um you know what just uh my podcast um uh, into the abyss um, it's on Spreaker. You can actually also find it on uh, most of the other podcast um, networks, such as uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all all the podcast networks. You'll probably be able to. Chances are, you'll probably find it, or you'll uh, manage to get ourselves on um, a lot of different networks. Uh, also, we go, we try to go live on Facebook as much as we can Wednesday nights at um, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, it can go anywhere until for an hour to uh, a couple hours, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And with that being said, if you need help promoting, it could be an event, a book, anything, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Sean Gilmore, or you can email me at 330-PARADAD. Um, that's Paradad, uh, yeah, it's a play on words, P-A-R-A-D-A-D, <laughs> because I'm a paranormal investigator and a father. So... Um. Yeah, find me, and uh, and then also please uh, look up 
um, my good friend and fellow investigator from uh, Dark Alley, um, the Goose on the cryptic normal, um, the cryptic paranormal show. Uh, they're on Thursdays, and we're both on the RU Media Network. Um, so, uh, and be on be on the lookout for us. We've got some big plans for this year. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. Speaking of RU Media, the uh, investigation team. I I said I was going to do a review on some of their stuff, and that is not dead yet. I'm still going to do a review on. So, Adam, I'm coming for you, buddy. All right. So. <laughs> Also, guys, don't forget to follow Unexplained Possibilities on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. And also, I do want to give a big shout-out to Angie K, who handles the Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. She does an awesome job, and I most definitely couldn't do it without her, and I probably wouldn't do it without her. And also, another big shout-out to Maverick Man's son, Zach. Happy birthday, Zach. Now, with all that said, remember, guys, there are things that go bump in the night. Go ahead and tell them. Bye, Bye, everybody.